0: Hi, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Leadership Tales Podcast. Delighted to be joined by a fellow podcaster, Zach Hudson, today. Zach runs a podcast, very successful, way above this in terms of number of episodes and reach that he's got. But it's called Passing the Baton Leadership Podcast, and I was lucky to be a guest on that podcast. Uh, But he's also got an amazing background, talent specialist, and therefore today what we're going to talk about with Zach is his journey is story looking at the role of talent developers in our industry and in organizations and he currently works in that role for about 50,000 employees across the US so has a real passion for that side of things and also can share some of his wisdom that he's picked up on, on running all of these podcasts so I'm sure you'll enjoy this conversation with Zach Hudson today. Hey, folks! I'm delighted to be joined today by Zach Hudson. Zach and I encountered each other by him kindly inviting me onto his podcast, and uh, we had a great conversation. We we're just, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a starter, a beginner in this this world. You know, Zach is a veteran in this, but but also his background, fascinating background, talent expert, um, and also working for an organization. Called Kindred at Home, which is, you know, I believe it, there's been a transaction recently, Zach, but Perhaps, yeah, yeah, something happening. But uh, I'd love you to introduce yourself, say hello, and uh, tell people a bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, my friend. Yeah. It's uh, an honor to be a part of the show. So thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm. I'm my name is Zach Hudson. Um, gosh, where to begin as far as today's kind of stuff? Uh, I, I do lead talent uh, management for, head of talent management for Kindred at Home, which is, uh, in the U.S., the largest home health and in-home provider of healthcare uh, in the country. We just mm-hmm. went through a transaction with Humana, which I'm really excited about. Uh, at are. the end of the day, we'll be the largest in the world as far as a headcount goes and perspective from there to really, uh, you know, as we go through COVID and everything else, people want to be taken care of in their house, right? <laughs> and then and as we have an mm-hmm. aging population, people want to be taken care of in their house and stay out of the hospital. So we're providing a, a way to take care of patients in a very meaningful uh, way right there in the home. So really excited about that piece, too. Yeah, I also do podcasting for Kindred at Home, but also for uh, myself, too. So we have Passing Baton Leadership Podcast. We just celebrated our six-year anniversary. So we were talking before the show. Uh, I think that means we're like 60 uh, in podcast year. So we're, we're old. <laughs> <love that> <laughs> We're old, old hat. So we were, you know, the average show I think goes like seven, seven shows before they end up quitting. But uh we, we hung in there getting ready to uh close in on 300 shows here. So it's been a been a fun journey. We're a 15 minutes commuter style format that hits leadership right where you are. Uh, so you can have actionable tips in your normal commute or your uh, when you're running your errands. So,
0: so yeah. Fantastic. And take me back to you and how you grew up and your story before that. Just give the listeners yeah, a bit of a yeah. View. I, uh,
1: I, did, you know, I don't know that anybody wakes up and says I'm going to be a leader that teaches other leaders. I mean, you may you see that Indiana Jones or whatever else if you when you grew up, <laughs> but uh, to aspire to be some of kind of those great iconic characters. But it, for me, it was really about the life journey. So I, mm. I grew up in, in Louisiana, more of a. A little bit more of a rural area, um, about 30,000 people there in, in this town that I was in and just grew up in, in the outdoors. I did a lot of scouting. I, I went from kind of the earliest phase of scouting to become an Eagle Scout and really wow. uh, learned a lot about leadership then. Uh, and then also joined the military uh, not long after, well, really directly out of high school. Uh, paid for my college. Uh, and so between military and mm-hmm. uh, scouting, it really kind of set a standard in myself for what leadership meant like for me. Uh, right. And so I uh, got involved in that, uh, then got involved in operations after college, just being an operational leader. And then that's where the thread started to pull together because in operations, Uh, Is all about business and making money and hitting your goal and meeting a quota and, you know, get it done through your people. But so often the people piece was missing. uh, Right. And so uh, once I was able to connect those two together, I mean, really success really kind of took off and uh, helping others do that is really what I do today uh, in in both passing the baton and in my role at uh, Kindred at Home and Humana. So.
0: Mm, amazing and uh, outside that family yeah
1: yeah growing family yeah we we uh just uh just moved and uh got got a family here live in atlanta georgia have a wife and uh 11th, 11th grader and grader. a second grader, so built in so, babysitter. So it's uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's nice good too. Planning. Good planning. Yeah, that's planning. right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and we were, I was looking at your decor from our last show together, and I'm, I was telling, we we're talking before the show, gonna emulate, I think, some of your style. I like your style. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh, well, good luck with the house. So let, let me dig into some of it, because I'd love to hear. Dog years, podcast years. Some of the yeah. the stories of the podcast, because um, there is something about listening to others. And you were talking this morning about it being the anniversary, and you were starting to to remember some of the key things and the key yeah. messages you got. What What are some of the things you've heard over that time?
1: Uh, sometimes it's just, and, and this is some of the the advice I've gotten for some people that, that helped me get going, was just just get going and just do it. And mm-hmm. uh, our first show. Uh, was me and another guy huddled around a table with like one of the cheap my first podcast recording microphones, right? Like the most basic entry level. The audio is awful, yeah. uh, and it's it's two people on one mic. It took us three hours to record, probably twelve
0: minutes of audio. Uh, but we did it. And, we so, did. <laughs> and so, and so, yeah, we if, still folks, we if you're st- listening in here, the quality of the microphone and the, the equipment you're seeing around Zach now is nothing basic there. It very <laughs> sophisticated, so.
1: Yes. Not, not today. Yeah. We've, we definitely have upgraded our game a little bit, but we, what we did it and we, actually, you can actually go back and listen to that show today. And some people mm. might would say, why would you keep that out there? Mm. Uh, if it's a lower quality, but for me, it's, it's, to show like, okay, you can start right where you are and doing what you do. Right. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. You don't have to be amazing. Right. you're going to do some things that are not going to be right. You're going to mess up, right. You have Mm -hmm. early failures that are going to lead to greater success down the road. And you know, the, the message that we had is evergreen. It was about positional leadership versus relational leadership and how you need Mm -hmm. to lead as a relational leader, not just by your position alone. And, Uh, you know, the, the message is there, but surely the, the content or the vehicle that we're, we're using is not not the best. So definitely learned a lot through that process. And it's been an amazing journey to, uh, to go from something like that to today where I think we're like in 140 something countries a week. So, wow, um, yeah, it's, it's been amazing, but you got to start somewhere. Right. And that's, that's kind of the, the key piece to it is people get overwhelmed by the largeness of what they're stepping into or the, um, overwhelming responsibility or the work that needs to go into it, but
0: start, start right yeah. where you are. Take that first step. It's almost the hero's journey. Just get out there That's and learn. Right. And yeah, That's it's right. a I, I'm interested in you because we get a lot of clients who listen in and talk about their learning strategy. And a lot of them are worried yeah. about the hybrid world um, and the, the move to digital. And there's something about the podcast format that to be honest, I looked at probably 18 months ago. i going going, mm-hmm. yeah, podcasts are okay. They're great. You know, but but it wasn't part of my learning cycle now it is with audible podcasts yeah but what's what's your view around why it's so successful and why leaders like listening to the podcast in 147 countries. What is it? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it's for us. It is is the combination meeting them where they are on their schedule and in their terms, and mm. doing it in a, in a time frame that meets their needs too. So uh, I've got a very very good friend. He'll he'll do an hour and a half, two hour podcast. Yeah, uh, that's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <It is>. <laughs> <laughs> that's a long time. And so I don't have that time to uh, invest in at one time on something like mm. that. So the ours are typically about. Uh, 15 to 17 minutes yeah wow. wow so when i started kindred at home it was it was an interesting dynamic because humana had become partial owner mm-hmm. uh, and so we knew what was coming down the road and i was coming into basically a forty five thousand person startup it was really a uh, really neat opportunity to say okay zach you build this and let's figure this out together there wasn't mm-hmm. any kind of preset uh, stuff really A few legacy pro- programs, but not many, but they were kind of like what you're talking about, Colin. They were really, it was a lot of traditional, let's meet face to face, right? Yep. Let's do a little bit of online learning. And that's what we do. Uh, and so I introduced podcasts uh, to mm-hmm. them because our clinicians go to the homes. So we're paying them to uh, do that, which is (laughs) a great thing. Right. But they've got all this windshield time. I'm like, well, let's utilize the windshield time. Let's Mm. utilize the space from one point to another so they can get some development right where they are. So Mm. it turned into uh, not a podcast for your commute, but a podcast to, you can listen to a topic from beginning to end between one house to another that you're traveling to. So that's exactly the way that it panned out. Uh, I would say 90% of our people listen to that show mobile in the car, uh, from the, some of the things that we track. So yeah. it's meeting people on their terms and mm. right where they are instead of making people come to us and going, why aren't people coming? Cause yeah. <laughs> that's the thing, right. With, especially with COVID it is it can be scary of going, I, you know, I just don't know about podcasts. I don't know about virtual learning. I don't know about mm. virtual conferences. I, I don't really see how this is going to work people hmm. had that same hesitation with zoom or teams or whatever you're using these days yep. after being in the pandemic and now everybody's like oh yeah i've got 20 zoom calls today
0: so yeah and i'm an expert you know it's That's right. uh and I actually I, what i love about it now and it's meeting them where you, they are and whether it's in the the windshield time but also it's the families i'm getting to meet you know clients families yep. kids so popping in to say hello while their dad or mom is on the the call. So there is something nice about the connection. I also like the the sound bites, but I'm always fascinated because as a person who loves to talk, I'm always like, so how do you crush those into 15, 17 minutes? Because you know, you could you could talk about topics. I met somebody who was a futurist the other day. I could talk about that for three, four, five hours at a time. So how do you get that to be 15 16 minutes. Yeah. Well,
1: we're, we're, we do an outline beforehand. Uh, just kind of keep us on track, but then if there's a larger topic, so for example, emotional intelligence, there's no way Mm. I can do emotional intelligence justice in in 15 minutes. So I think we broke that one up into five different shows. And so Mm. every week we just released a different piece of it. Mm. Uh, I think we did one on like, uh, what is EQ? And then we broke down the four pillars, uh, self-awareness, self-management, a social awareness and relationship management and so we just in those shows we that's all we talked about was that yeah. one aspect so mm. breaking it off into in sizable chunks too the other thing uh speaking of connecting them right where they are is not only podcasts but we did other stuff too because mm-hmm. some people like to read so we had written content that we made that said hey go read this or nice. do you like to do online go do that and we we designed these kind of uh, we'd like to call them kind of choose your own adventure uh, formats into nice. learning and understanding of not forcing someone to do it one way or the other, but you go about it and take the path that you want to take, right? Mm. To, to your journey example, and you'll get what you need to get out of it, regardless yeah. of which way you go.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of learning from you, from your experience at Kindred Home, because now people are going to go hybrid. They're Quite a yeah. few organizations that can be remote. And a lot of people haven't done remote. You know, some organizations, presenteeism, being in the office. So you must have a lot to teach people around how to do that well, particularly on an emotional level connection with them with people who are you know serving people real and that's that's that passion that human side as you talked about earlier almost must yeah. must be difficult to connect with them and get that across to them. Yeah.
1: It's not natural, right? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> because uh you know distance separates and that's mm. that's the be all end all distance separates. You have to be very intentional about closing that gap. And so we teach that in passing baton and at Kindred at home about how do you how in the world do you close a gap? When you're mm. working remotely, now you're not we're not seeing each other, Colin, all the time like we used to and hanging out and yeah. going and doing stuff after work. We just don't have that dynamic anymore. So how do I keep that team going? And we talk about that of of making sure you're staying engaged on a schedule, having a good cadence of checking in with each other. Uh, goodness gracious, turning your video on. I, we have a lot <laughs> of organizations with Passing the Time that we work with that that are still hesitant to do that. Yeah, You lose a lot of that engagement when you're just uh, a black screen on there yeah. and you're just the the name's popping up, right? So yeah. uh, it's, it's tips like that. It was just making sure that we're staying engaged on a very personal level mm. uh, despite the barriers that COVID and remote work puts up against us.
0: Yeah and and what about engaging the other way because that's one of the challenges i get you know there's a transmission one-way transmission of information and and getting the conversations i love how you have a a producer host that you work with that you kick off with and then and so it feels like almost like a breakfast show it feels like somebody's coming on and going we're going to chat we're going to do that but getting other people to come the other way and start so how are you engaging your people through that so
1: yeah, we uh, so we're mindful about kind of the cycle of our of our associates and making sure that we're keeping their personal well-being and their development and their career aspirations right in front of them. We call it a 50-50 split, right? So as me as an organization, I own half of that. I own half of the responsibility, Colin, to get you from point A to point B in your career. Yep. Uh, but a lot of employees think that the organization is 100% responsible for that. Like they yeah. should take care of me and get me to be a manager. Well, mm. if I don't know that you want to be a manager, how am I going to get you there? Right. Yeah, so yeah. that's the other 50% is really on the associates. So we, we talk about that a lot too, but we've interlaced uh, key moments throughout the year that say, okay, we want you to sit down with your leader. We want you to talk about the things you did in the last quarter or the last six months, and uh, from a business perspective, but also a personal perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really uh, puts that conversation top of mind because we all have great intentions. Uh, it's It's about putting intentional time there to get together to talk about those important things for us. Otherwise, you know, we were supposed to get together in May. If it weren't on the schedule, it might be September, October, November, yeah. and then our next year even yeah. <laughs> before we get together. So it's it it helps to put that structure there. And I think that's what a lot of people miss mm. development of their people is the structure. Good intentions, mentoring programs. I see them all the time, all over the country, all over the world. Great intention with the mentoring, but the structure's not there and it falls apart.
0: Yeah. I'm a big fan. I'm putting this uh, project called the 500 together next year. It's a mentoring program. But
1: yeah,
0: unless it has that structure and has a framework for people to hang on to, then it can die. And it, it's also about commitment, isn't it? Because it's you talked about the 50-50 piece, which an Australian friend has given me this, but there's whether somebody owns their role or rents the role. Yeah, And if they're renting mm-hmm. the role, it's that same analogy. They say, well, the organization will do it for me, rather than owning right. and saying... You know, like you've got your house, I'm going to ask, I'm going to take care of it, I'm going to feed it in there. But but there is this piece about when it comes down to it, it's about the choice of the individual to come forward, get that, and get that work um, and to do it. So just going into a couple of things for the future of what you're looking at, because you're ahead of a lot of organizations, you've got a virtual workforce yeah, that's out yeah. there. So you've got the the virtual connection you've got the podcast you've got the other pieces you've got the written where do you see the the learning process going the talent process i'm going to separate the two the learning process first and then the talent process going
1: yeah for sure yeah i think uh for the learning it is letting go of what has been successful in the past right so Mm. for a lot of organizations you know i sit in atlanta we have a lot of key uh organizations here delta the cokes the chick-fil-a's uh multiple food ones it's it's huge uh yeah. as far as a it's a hub for the southeast of the u.s uh, and they're well known for uh their in-person gatherings and those sort of things and it's mm. it's got to you've got to look at yourself. no matter if you're a huge home depot or you're 10 people on your mm. team right you've got to be able to let go of things that weren't for you in the past because that dynamic and that landscape has changed. Mm. And that's, what, that's what we have done is, is be willing to let go of that. Honor the past while we look towards the future. It's a phrase that we say a lot of. We're not mm. saying that that was bad or wrong or not relevant or not valid. It was. Mm-hmm. Where we need to go is a yep. totally different path. And so yeah. we got to blaze a new trail. And that's, that's our perspective. So I think if you're a leader of five people or 50,000 people, that will serve you very well. Uh, as you think about your learning strategy because that mm. is uh certainly speaks into that on how people learn they're learning different they're not all together anymore how the dynamic of working at home surely as different from working in the cubicle
0: right across from someone yeah. else
1: so how you consume uh yeah. that content and knowledge is going to be different as well
0: yeah where are you on the new technologies because you know we're exploring the vr yeah. Side, we're exploring whether we can do a VR world of, you know, facilitation, mm-hmm. collaboration, and I presume that with a lot of the use of VR in the past has been for the circumstances you're talking about care at home and how you know you do injections, other things when your yeah. people are at, mm-hmm. uh, at home. So, how are you viewing the new technologies?
1: Yeah, we're definitely leaning into it more and more. I, I will say with VR, we have found it to be a, a great resource for what we would call hard skills. So, for a yeah. listener to hard skills, something in the medical. Or would be like how to do a procedure, how to do wound care, something like that. Yeah. Uh, we have I have a good friend of mine, Dave Beck, who actually leads a tech company here in town called uh, Foundry 45. He does tech for Home Depot, uh, and, excuse me, Delta, Weather Channel, among others. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing technology. I, I got to run the Delta one with him once and he put the headset on me. And you're a person outside of um you know when a plane lands, you've got the guy kind of doing the little uh cross marks yeah. right to, to yeah. land and stop, and they do a a flight check a basically a walk around and so I put the headset on, I do the walk around, and within ten minutes, I take the helmet off and I'm like, I can legitimately go out on tarmac right now and check a plane and feel
0: good about it wow. now, legally, I can't do that no. <laughs> And if anybody's flying into Atlanta over the next few days, Zach (laughs) is not there. (laughs) That's
1: right. But, you know, I could. I had the expertise, I had the knowledge. It was quick, it was easy, it was memorable. Mm. Experiential, right? And that is the yeah. key thing about VR is experience. And that's what you, you know, maybe you don't have a budget to allow you to do something like that, but mm. uh, we lean into that experiential quite often in a number of different ways in what we do. So, yeah, I think it does have its benefits. There are some really neat uh organizations I'm seeing there doing some stuff on AR where, like, uh, for soft skills training, mm. uh, I don't put a helmet on necessarily, but I interact with somebody. There's live actors on the screen, wow. uh, they're digital characters. And mm-hmm. there, uh, it's an amazing concept because uh, you're having tough conversations, right? Maybe a mm. write up with someone, and you wouldn't necessarily have that conversation face to face. Like if you and me right now face to face, yep, I might not give you my full true me. Yeah, but there's something about it being animated that drops that wall. Interesting. Uh, but the fascinating piece is the animated person is a live actor.
0: Ah, uh, and yeah. they,
1: and they interact real time with you. So yeah, they really push. It's hilarious the way the the characters will push and how the it will throw somebody off real quick. So there's yeah. a lot of real neat pieces to development that are out there today.
0: Yeah, I love it because we've got our actors and we're we're working we're working in the virtual world, but we are playing to see whether we can get them to come into an avatar and do that. So it's it's brilliant that you're yeah. you're doing that. So let's talk talent for a moment, because it's yeah, sure. for me, in some ways, talent is an overused word, but it's a critical word because of what we mean by talent and where we find it. So, <laughs> you know, that's you know that's part of the project we're trying to work on is that some of the talent, you know, going to school, university is having a, another podcast conversation today isn't really a guide to whether somebody's going to be successful so how do you de- firstly define yourself as a talent expert what do you mean by a talent in there yeah
1: yeah that's a great question my mom I told my mom I have, I'm a head of talent at uh talent management at kindred and she was like I think she thought I was like a talent agent for like uh, <laughs> artists and stuff, and I was like, "No, no, mom, that's, that's not what I do." I still think today she thinks that I'm like uh, you know making sure somebody's got the blue M and Ms in their and their green Absolutely. room or something. Oh, they know. can play the spoons or whatever. That's, else. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So yeah, it's not that uh, for sure. Yeah. So really, talent management—the way we define it—is really uh, helping pick the right people for the right place at the right time, but also mm. shepherding a journey. Again, to help them uh, stay with an organization longer, but be wildly successful right where they are at the same time, too. Mm. So there's a lot that goes into that, right? The people development, the programs, the assessing your your talent the right way, Mm. empowering your leaders to lead in a very inspiring and meaningful way, uh, and then equipping them through succession planning of, okay, here's uh, where you are today, and here's your replacement, and here's your backup replacement. Uh, mm-hmm. and rolling through that so it's a multi-layered uh approach in theory and whatever else to uh really hone in on your workforce and, and get them ready for today but mm-hmm. also ready for the future too
0: yeah so it's a it's in some ways it's the old pipeline but it's it's taking the recruitment right the way through to the mm-hmm. future proofing yeah. as we would describe and the, yeah, that's, yeah. Exactly right. that's exactly right so, so how are you changing what you're doing with talent now? I'd love to just explore that for. Yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah, we're certainly uh, these days pushing uh, the onboarding is kind of my realm these days. You yeah, know, a lot of organizations. Uh, if I say, "Hey, what do you think of onboarding?" They our time period. They say is, it's ninety days. That's kind of yeah. the, the normal I get, or thirty days. But in reality that could be ninety minutes or nine minutes, depending depending on what they're walking into, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's what we were we were finding, right? If the business need was like, Hey, we're desperate for a leader. Mm-hmm. uh we're just throwing them in there so we've been creating this whole we don't want to think of it nine days we want to think of it as as a 365 plus so mm-hmm. we actually start it we call it day negative 14 uh is what that process looks like for you onboarding we think about using it as a person then all yep. the way through your first year so how do we support you in this kind of key moments throughout the year and it's it's been really well received and uh it's it's a great it's multi-layered it's kind of like the the meeting you where you are it's it's a layered approach of mentoring and networking and cohorts and your own self paced right you own some of that yourself and other mm-hmm. development programs along the way with a mix of everything uh technology and in, in person self-driven uh, mm-hmm. so it's a it's been a good piece. That's where we are uh, right now. That's been our, one of our big projects of really redefining what does onboarding mean? Because I think once we do that, people stay around longer, right? And yeah. so you've seen all the hiring shortages everywhere these days. Yeah. Uh, we want to hire the right people. We want them to stay a really long time.
0: Uh, everybody yeah. benefits. So so that's our focus. No, I love it. And what about preparing them? Because we all know that somebody could come out from outside the industry into something like the home care piece and not be a, clear about what they're going to expect you know right. that's why. you know i i i thought it was going to be this and not going to so how do you prepare them to to ensure that you're not wasting your time their time before that how do you tackle that that's
1: yeah yeah i mean it is some of those development programs to check in on it's really uh, it covers a lot of the assumptions that that leaders have right so mm. uh, a lot of times you know if i'm hiring you to be a leader of a individual location I assume that you know how to hire people or to do interviewing. I assume that you know what good looks like. I assume that you you handle your time well. well yeah. A lot of that you don't pick up in an interview process necessarily. You can pick up some, but not all of it, right? Yeah. It would be a, a really long and extenuating <laughs> process to get someone. And a mind it. reader yeah. in a lot of cases. That's yeah. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. So we really work hard to fill in those gaps for people to go, okay, we're not going to assume uh, you know mm-hmm. how to hire somebody. Let's teach you. Let's teach you right. the right way and give you the, the resources to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's it's really interesting to see how many people get into a role, not just kindred home, but just, you know, yeah. everywhere, get into a role and they're not really uh, ready for that role for a number mm-hmm. of reasons. Right. They, they don't have the soft skills mainly uh, to be prepared. So it's a lot of that uh, preparing. But as we think about our future, mm-hmm. uh, the future of talent, really going, OK, here's maybe that level down. Let's get them ready now for a role that's not even open now so when it does open i don't have to be i'm not scrambling it's oh it's it's sally and sally's going to jump in there and we we have a good feeling about her she has a great feeling about it she jumps in and she's successful so takes a lot of the
0: unknown out of the equation for sure it's nice so i'm going to ask you about you because i mean a lot of this has been about everything that you're doing (laughs) for others you know and where have you stretched yourself? Where have you failed, but actually been successful through it? What's if you had to pick one or two instances in your career where you think that's a massive screw up, but it taught me. So much. <laughs> yeah. What would they be?
1: Yeah, I would say uh, going in. So going into a new team and just really trying too hard to prove yourself. Right. Right. Really trying to say, you know, I know my value and I know my worth, Mm. but the others don't. And so you kind of push yourself to go. I want to get as quickly as possible to them for them to see what I can contribute to this team. Mm. And it's more about you make it more about yourself instead of others, which is exactly the opposite thing you want to do. Right. (laughs) So you want to slow down, listen a whole bunch more than you speak and share when the appropriate time is instead of going in. Verbally busting through the doors going all right i'm here to fix the world right (laughs) i love that they're like no you're not who are who are you who what who are you where do you come from and you're not fixing my world my world's great right so uh it's it's that early on in my career i learned that and then had to relearn it a couple of times every now and then i would say surely that's one Uh, another one too i would say that i learned um I was a uh, working in retail for a long time and I, I had my own location and i had one of my um, what would be like an assistant manager type person uh, going through and so we would do like a walkthrough in the store and so she was looking through an area and i had a high standard on visual presentation and i walked through and I, i'm a fun guy I like to have a good time uh, yeah. you know joke around whatever else too uh, and so i made a joke about, uh, a, a section that she missed. I was like, oh man, did you do this with like one eye open? And I, I put my hand over my eye like I was a pirate. Hilarious. It was a great joke, Uh, Colin, but it did not land well for coaching.
0: It, yeah, it didn't. <laughs> she was like, no.
1: <laughs> yeah, she was really upset the next day. I had to clean it up. So, you know, love humor is definitely certainly an aspect of me, but I, mm. I tell people all the time use humor for your advantage in your storytelling. Yeah. In your teaching and your relationship, but never use humor in your coaching and your counseling. And that yeah. is uh it's it's you know a, a trap that people can fall into uh, if great. they have that kind of piece of the personality. So those two for sure. Uh, I mean we want to go a few more hours. So I can give you some more. No, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm
0: not only no, it is but it, but what I'm gathering from here is that, and this is this compliment to you is that the ego is no longer a problem because everything that you do is about others that's that's what i'm hearing the message it is but i would say
1: the ego is is always knocking at the door yeah right so you know you have a uh, an awesome podcast well that's that can be an ego thing i can i can do that i can sell the podcast if i wanted to or get sponsors and we don't do any of that um, yeah. with the work stuff i can make it all about me and you the people hear from me and they see me on the videos and it's you know, that's fun, but that's, it can get you. You just have to be mindful about it constantly. You had to keep it top of mind going. It's not about me. It's about my team. It's about that person driving between small town, Arkansas and small town somewhere else in Arkansas. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really focused on them and being a servant and a servant leader, as opposed to yourself, because man, it can get you, so quick and unexpectedly the whole, the whole ego, the whole ego trap is, is real. And it doesn't matter where you are in your career journey or life journey, it will come after you and eat you alive if you let it. So you have to keep it top of mind even, even today. So.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I'm, I've got a sort of inbuilt one because I'm a Scottish Presbyterian. So anything that's good that's going to happen is always followed by something bad that's going to happen. And that's what I've been brought up. So, you know, I'm always like, well, okay, I'm not going to be too, what we call tall poppy syndrome in the UK, putting my head above the parapet because <laughs> nice. I've got it shot down. But it's but well, what I love. I love what you're doing, sir. I love the, what the business you're involved yeah. with. Um and I do love the fact that your ego, you keep it in check in terms of what you're doing in your podcast. So, if people want to get in contact with you, hear more about you yeah. and uh, the podcast, particularly, I, I would think would be the best place for them to. to yeah, to check absolutely.
1: In. Yeah. We're Passing Baton Leadership Podcast, found you know wherever you listen to shows at right now. We also have a website, passingbatonpodcast.com. You can find our shows and our written pieces there. We actually, going back to meeting people right where they're we have a lot of people that love to read. Our show mm. that don't listen, which nice. is totally weird, but nice yeah. at the same time, I guess. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we pick up uh, quite a bit of a population that way, too. Uh, you can find me at zachhudson.com, LinkedIn. Uh, I stay on there fairly often. So, reach out to me there. Let's get connected and uh, help each other out. We'd love to yeah. love to continue
0: that. Zach is a, a real pleasure. I'm sure we'll keep our relationship going. Yes, at some point, for we'll. Sure we'll be talking more. But uh, in between that, uh, good luck with the house move. Hope you settle in well. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of 21. And hopefully 22 is going to be amazing for you yeah, with a new you. transaction. Thank you, my yeah. friend.
1: Yeah, it's been a great time today. Congratulations to you on this podcast. I'm looking forward to hearing some of your other uh, really cool guests on the show, too, and love what you're doing, your heart for people, and also your intentionality to developing others. It's a, it's a real, really neat thing to see. So appreciate your,
0: your service to others as well. Thank you, sir. Look forward to speaking to you soon. Cheers, yes, Zach. absolutely. Cheers. So that was Zach Hudson. Uh, podcast host, lovely gentleman, and he gives a, a real insight to what it takes to be a talent management specialist and to work at a strategic level in terms of organizational development, organizational change in terms of what he was going through and going through at the moment uh, with that organizational change he was mentioning today. But he also gets an insight into speaking with some of the top people on leadership. And therefore, gives us a, a different focus, a different lens on that area and that specialism. So, sure you love that conversation. I look forward to welcoming you back. Another episode of the Leadership Tales podcast soon.